the book of Mark chapter number 5, going to the 18th verse. When you're there, you can say amen. The word of the Lord says, And when he was come into the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends, and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee, and hath had compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him, and all men did marvel. And for the next several moments, I would like to preach on a subject titled, Healed and Home. Healed and home. Let's put our Bibles down and let's lift our hands to heaven one more time tonight and let's ask the Lord to help us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word. We know that it is sharper than any other two-edged sword. I pray, God, that you would touch my mind, that I could think your words, and God, that you would take a hot coal off the altar of heaven, send an angel, God, and touch my tongue, God, that I can speak your words. I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, that you would touch the ears of the hearers, that they might receive with meekness the engrafted word of God in the name of Jesus one more time everybody shouted amen hallelujah let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise God bless you, you can be seated in the house of the Lord of the approximately 37 recorded miracles of Jesus earthly ministry, the majority of these miracles were miracles of healing. Jesus healed all sorts of sickness and disease, ranging from the mild fever of Peter's mother-in-law to the resurrection of Lazarus, who had been dead for four days. The blind, the crippled, the paralytic, the arthritic, Jesus healed all manner of diseases. How many believe that God is still a healer? Not just of the body, but in addition to healing the body, Jesus also healed those who were either oppressed or possessed by evil and unclean spirits. Jesus did not just heal adults, but he healed children. He did not just heal men, but he healed men and women. He healed the young, he healed the old. And other than teaching, the bulk of his interaction with the world and the people around him was that of healing. And while many of these miracles were indeed unique to the recipients, almost all of these miracles have one thing in common. Jesus would often send people home directly after healing them. And the few times that he does not do this, it is because the healing itself took place inside of a home. And save for a few exceptions, every person Jesus healed, he sent home. It's been long debated as to why Jesus does this. I mean, the first reason is that Jesus did not want the news of his miracles attracting unwanted attention from hostile authorities. The Bible tells us in one place that when Jesus knew it, he withdrew himself from thence, and great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all, and charged them that they should not make him known that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Esaias the prophet, saying, Behold, my servant. Amen. 
uh, whom I have chosen, my beloved, in whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him, and he shall show judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not strive nor cry, neither shall any man hear his voice in the streets. The Bible also tells us that, in, uh, uh, well, secondly, I would say that Jesus, being God, understood the reality that surrounds the people that he healed. And that is simply that everybody Jesus healed, including those who were temporarily sick and those who were permanently disabled, at the end of the day were individuals who belonged to homes and families who had parents, children, and husbands and wives. And then they came from cities, villages, communities, churches, youth groups, etc. Amen. God, being God, understands, amen, the reality of the human condition, and that is nobody suffers alone. Amen. And God knew that as people around those that he had healed, uh, amen, as they watched their loved ones suffer in physical pain and in spiritual darkness, uh, amen, as their diseases, whether physical or spiritual, progressed to the point of no return, amen, they watched in helpless agony as some malady or some sinful lifestyle ripped them from their grip. Amen, I'm telling you, if home is where the heart is, home is where the hurt is. Amen, but I'm here tonight to preach to those who've been praying for lost loved ones. I'm here tonight to preach to those who've been praying for a child who's backslidden. I'm here tonight to preach to those who've been praying for a parent who's been out of church for way too long. Amen, that God can heal them. Amen before they even come back home. I'm here tonight to say to you that your prayers have not been in vain. Amen. They don't have to be home to be healed. God can heal them and then bring them back. In our text tonight, upon arriving, amen, at Lake Genesaret, Jesus encounters the man that we refer to as the Gadarean maniac or demoniac. This young man lived among the tombs. He was possessed by a host or a legion of spirits. And when they were confronted by Jesus, referred to themselves as legion. This man was overtaken by these spirits that had bound him in chains and fetters so that he would harm himself and others. But just moments into his encounter with Jesus, the Bible says that he was clothed and in his right mind and sitting at the feet of Jesus. Amen. This young man at this point begs Jesus that he might enter into the ship. He wants to join Jesus and the disciples. He wants to be with them. He wants to stay close. Amen. To the man or so it seemed, this man who had healed him. But I want to preach to you today, amen, that God and God manifest in flesh did not say, come on in, join us. But he said, son, you have a mission. I need you to go home, and I need you to find your mama, and I need you to find your daddy. I need you to find your brothers and your neighbors, and I need you to show them what God has done in your life. I'm telling you, God is going to answer prayers this year. God is going to answer prayers that you've been praying. Amen, hallelujah. Those doors will be darkened by someone who's got a testimony that says, Mom, God did it for me. Dad, God did it for me. Hallelujah. No healing is complete until someone returns home. I mean, the Bible tells us in Luke chapter number 15 of the prodigal son. Jesus tells this story 
It's one of the most incredible and man, insightful stories into the condition and to the human condition and into sin and what it does to individuals, families, and man. Uh, as somebody once said, sin always takes people farther than they planned on going. Sin always keeps them longer than they planned on staying and always charges more than they planned on paying. Hallelujah. But the Bible tells us about this young man who, when he was about to eat the slop that he was feeding to a herd of swine, the Bible says that he came to himself. And I want to emphasize that before he ever came home, he came to his senses. He began to remember the Sunday school lessons. He began to remember the felt board. He began to remember the youth group. He began to remember the lock-in. I'm here to preach to somebody, hallelujah, who thinks that God won't answer your prayer. Hallelujah. I know they might not be coming home tonight but pray that they would come to themselves pray that they would come to their senses they might not be in the room here tonight and they might not be next month and but if you can't see them here man hallelujah you ought to pray God will bring them back to themselves Somebody stand on your feet and help me preach tonight. Hallelujah. It's time to intercede like never before. It's time to cry out like never before. It's time to pray like never before. You see, the problem, the problem, and I can preach from experience, amen, because there's times where we feel like what we need and what they need is intervention. You see, Abram, he, he, he wanted Lot to stay close to him. But as a result of the things that Lot was doing, there was a rift that was inevitable between them. And if it was up to Abram, he would have kept Lot within arm's reach. But the situation had simply soured to the point where it, could no lo it was no longer feasible for Abram to, to actually have physical and, 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 and frequent emotional. And uh, there, was, there was too much going on. And so they had to part ways. And Abram said, if I go this way, if you go that way, I'll go this way. And if you go this way, I'll go that way. And Lot had to go his way. But I'm telling you, we don't, people don't need intervention. What they need is intercession. And just because he was miles away in Sodom, in Gomorrah, I mean, the reality is Abram had to change his game plan. He says, if I can't intervene in his life, I have to intercede in his life. And that began a journey between God and Abram. And all of a sudden, I mean, the access and the influence that he thought he lost because of proximity, he gained because of relationship with God. I'm here to tell you today, you don't need to get your hands on them. They don't need your intervention. What they need is your prayer like never before because it's, if it's the work of man it won't last you can bring him kicking you can drag him in by the hair I mean you could do everything you could do in your in your power as a human but it simply won't last but if you find a place of intercession and say God would you spare a city for 10 would you spare a city for just one family 
Hallelujah. What God needs, amen, hallelujah, is not for us to do an intervention. What he needs is for us to touch him like never before so he can move on behalf of our lost loved ones. Somebody give him the praise. Hallelujah. This young man, this prodigal, before he showed up back home, his mind had already been healed. I want to simply point out to you that God can do a miracle outside of the church walls. Some of you, the only reason you got back in church is because God touched you in the middle of your mess. You couldn't wait to get back in the house of God. And I just, I simply want to restore somebody's faith, amen, in a God, amen, who goes out beyond the four walls, who leaves the 90 and 9, and he doesn't beg for the one to come back. He goes out searching and looking. And I know more than anything, you want to see them back here. You want to see them sitting next to you. You want to see them back in the altar. You want to see them back on the instruments. But I'm telling you right now where they are, God can touch their mind. God can heal their body. God can begin to do a work. So just because you don't see it doesn't mean he's not working. Just because you don't feel it doesn't mean he's not working. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then several weeks ago, and man, there was a man who came into the services, uh, and then during the end time prophecy series uh, with Brother Julian Ryder. Many of us didn't know him. I didn't know him. And he began to pray. And then he began to lift his hands. Uh, and several of us began to pray with him. I asked him if he had the Holy Ghost. He said he did as a child. Uh, and that he had uh, been a long time since he had spoken in tongues. Uh, before that service was over, he was speaking in tongues. Uh, God filled him with the Holy Ghost. Uh, God renewed him. And then they baptized him in Jesus' name. Several days later, they started started a Bible study with him in his apartment. I'm telling you. Two weeks ago, Brother Logan Sargent called me. He said, I went to go teach him Bible study. He said, I found out from his neighbor that he had passed away. You tell me God ain't serious about getting people saved. God is my witness. Sister Candace, Brother Logan, the sergeants, uh, and I'm telling you, you, you ought to see what God would do to find one soul who slipped away somehow years ago. It does not matter where they come from. It doesn't matter what they've done since then. I'm telling you, you can tell that life had been hard on this man. He was missing all of his teeth. He barely had his sanity left. But all he knew was that at some point he was a tongue talker and he had to talk in tongues and be filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, we serve a good God. We serve a because if he can do it for that man he can do it for your son if he can do it I got family members that I'm praying for I've got cousins who used to be in church I've got aunts who used to be in church and I'm telling you I refuse to sit down and to sit by idly and say well if they ain't here ain't nothing that can be done I serve a big God I serve a mighty God he was mighty to save his arm is not shortened that he cannot reach and his ear is not stopped that he cannot hear I serve a good God hallelujah Come on, somebody give him the praise. Somebody give him the praise. 
when he returned home, his father exclaimed, my son was dead and is alive. He was lost and he was found. You see, he mentioned that he was dead and become alive. We know he hadn't physically died. He was talking about a spiritual restoration. He was concerned primarily with his spiritual restoration. Then secondly, with his physical location. You ought to be praying. God, they don't have to come to my church. Send them to a church in their city. God, I don't care where they go back to church, wherever they live. Doesn't matter if it's here or Miami, Florida. Doesn't matter if it's Texas. Doesn't matter if it's Oregon. Doesn't matter if it's California. God, send somebody. Send some good apostolic to my baby. Send, send. Because I'm not concerned. I'm not primarily concerned with their physical location. But I'm concerned with the spiritual restoration. There comes a point where we have to throw our preferences of what we think their restoration is going to look like out. They may not come back. They may not come back to live at home. Praise God. But if they're in, if they're in church, cleaned up, sobered up, thank you, Jesus. That's all that matters. And then. The healing continues. The healing, has to, the healing has to begin before they come back because it's a long journey. Shameless plug for, for the Kyle Gazandes, the summit. If you haven't heard it, if you know not what I speak of, you're going to have to find out. Praise God. Amen. But the healing is a is a continual process. And we have to allow God to begin it outside of the four walls and continue it once they come back into the building. Because even though he was a son, even though he had wasted and squandered all of his father's inheritance, and even though he had, he had made up his mind to come back, he could not and he would not fully embrace. And man, the fact that he was still a son and he refused to be called a son, he felt no more worthy to be a son. And even, even to the extent that his father put um, all, all of the things back on him that would make him feel worthy to be a son. He put the robe on him. He put the family ring on him, the signet, I mean, the sign of his father's authority. But none of those things were able to assuage. And then the feelings of guilt and shame and regret that had overtaken this young man's life I'm telling you I mean God wants to heal people I mean not just outside but even when they come back inside there's layers and God wants to peel back the layers and God will settle for nothing less than complete and total and utter restoration of the vessel And so just because you see them back in the building doesn't mean that we stop praying. Doesn't mean that we stop fasting. Doesn't mean that we stop interceding. Because the devil is going to come to torment and to accuse and then and to rail on and to all of a sudden begin to undermine. And 
You see, part of the reason the Gadarene maniac wanted to stay close to Jesus is because perhaps in his mind, he felt that if I go, if I go away from him, somehow this experience, this healing, this, this restoration that, if I, that, 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 I, that I have is somehow, somehow going, going to be taken away from me. I'm telling you, that's a lie from the devil. Amen. The devil wants people to believe that their, that their restoration is somehow counterfeit, that it's fake, and that it was simply the pressure of people around them. No, it was not. If some, Ain't nobody get restored unless the Father draws. It doesn't matter if it's a first-time visitor who's never received the Holy Ghost or if it's a backslider. Nobody comes unless they're drawn by the Spirit of God. I'm telling you, we ought to pray that God would remind people that, that he loves them, that he chose them. And then not just once, but he chose them again and again and again. <laughs> Hallelujah. He was dead. Then he came alive. He was lost, and then he was found. He acknowledged that his son came alive and then came home. God wants to, God wants to have a revival of people who come alive and then come home. That should be our prayer. God, bring him back from the depths of depression. Bring him back to life from the depths of suicide. Bring him back to life from the depths of alcoholism. Bring him back to life. Amen. From addiction. Amen. Bring him back to life and bring him home, Jesus. Amen. It's time to recalibrate and reassess how we're praying for those, amen, who've left the house of God. God, do whatever it takes. God, bring them back to life and then bring them home. If that's your prayer for a lost loved one I want you to stand to your feet right now and say Lord bring them back to life wherever they might be God fill them with the Holy Ghost in the right in their apartment God hallelujah in the drug house at the bar on the college campus God every hand lifted right now every voice lifted let's begin to pray in Jesus name let's begin to pray in the name of Jesus Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's clap our hands and give him some praise. <laughs> hallelujah. They're coming back. They're coming back. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've seen people come back. I never thought would come back. I've seen people pray through. I never thought would pray through. <laughs> the healing is not the end. It's the beginning of a journey. We might be rejoicing. We might be killing a fatted calf, but the journey has just begun. God still has to be glorified. But there are smaller purposes that are accomplished. The Bible tells us of a man in John chapter number 9 who was born blind from birth. The assumption of everyone around him was that his parents had done something that resulted in this young man's condition. Now, I can't imagine what they went through as parents, as people would look at their son and then look at them and scoff and move away and think, what's wrong with you people that your child would end up like this? 
what's wrong with that couple? That their child would end up like that. And what the devil wants to tell parents of backsliding children is that something is wrong with you. You messed up at home. You did something that led to this. You somehow have contributed. There's, there's, there's no worse lie from the devil, and I've come to rebuke that lie in Jesus' name. Part of the healing that needs to happen is when they left, there was a fracture, amen, in your soul. And the devil began to taunt you and began to keep you up at night. And at times you were interceding and at times you were just crying from guilt. I'm here to rebuke that spirit in Jesus' name. It is not your fault your kids backslid. It is not your fault. It is not your fault. I'm here to do away with that lying spirit in Jesus' name once and for all. God intends on healing them and healing you. Somebody ought to stand to their feet and say, Lord, I need your help. I need your help. I... If the musicians would come and help me close, in the name of Jesus, I've come to preach restoration, not just for the backslidden, but I've come to I've come to preach restoration for the home. I've come to preach restoration, hallelujah, for siblings who feel culpable and then who feels that somewhat to blame in the backsliding of their siblings. I'm telling you, that's a lie from hell. And then you prayed, and then you worked with them. You did your best to love them. Are you perfect? No. Is it your fault? No. I rebuke that in Jesus name because the devil knows if you can buy that lie and swallow it hook line and sinker he knows that he can get you to stop praying like you ought to because what the devil wants more than anything else instead of you to be interceding is you to be wallowing in guilt that he has placed on you and I'm telling you I'm here to expose amen the the devil will try to wear you out but I'm telling you it's time to throw aside the guilt even the disciples they, they didn't want to get too involved in this situation Jesus said, now nah, let me tell you why this, this young man was born blind. So that God could be glorified. It's time for a parent, it's time for a sibling, it's time to, it's time to leave some guilt on the altar. Because you can't carry that and carry the burden of interceding the way you need to at the same time. You can be guilty, you can feel guilty, but those feelings of guilt are not a replacement for the prayers that we need to be offering up. And the devil has convinced someone that if you can just self-flagellate enough times that they would come back. No, that is not the case. This happened so God could get the glory. There's no, other, there's no other explanation. It's not your fault. It's not the previous pastor's fault.
nobody's fault. As much as we love them, we cannot, we cannot absolve them of the burden of their own salvation. But we can still love them and we can still pray and we can still intercede on their behalf. So tonight, before the musicians begin playing, we're going to sing a song. We're going to pray. But if you can think of a name or one or two or three or several, whether you're related or not, that God has put on your heart and on your mind tonight. And if you want to step forward tonight and stand in the gap on behalf of them, I want you to begin to make your way to this altar. I want you to begin to make your way right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to have revival. We're going to teach Bible studies. We're going we're gonna to reach the lost. But we're not going to forget about those that we've been praying for for years. We're reaching forward for the new harvest. That's right. Yes, we will. We're going to push. We're going to pray until God fills this building. I and mean, with people who've never received the Holy Ghost. But we will not forget those who have yet to come home. And I'm telling you, they might not be home, but they can still be healed. They might not be home yet, but they can still be healed. They might not be home, but they can still be restored. They can still... Pray for your children. Miracle. 